Welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex Podcast. Your hosts, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins, and let's drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 82 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest-running anthem podcast on the internet. And I am your host, Steve, along with my co-hosts, Michael, Devin, and JD. And guys, at, let's see, yesterday... At 1.49 p.m., a Bioware employee was seen leaving the office in Austin, Texas, okay? So, and then this, there's there's no accounting for this employee. We don't know where he went. So, I took it upon myself to call all the local hardware stores. This includes Ace Hardware. Do you think they have Ace Hardware in Austin, Texas? I bet they do. I called Lowe's. Um, I used all my old contacts from when I used to work at that store a long time ago. I called all the Home Depots. I cross-referenced everyone, and it's really easy to get information from all these hardware stores. So, I cross-referenced everyone that bought wire strippers or <laughs> bolt cutters. Or just uh, you know any type of cable snipping device, chainsaws, hacksaws. Like um, it, it took me a long time to track down all this information. There was um, 642 people that bought one of those items, whittling that down by name. And people <laughs> that were um, in that area was really hard to do. Luckily, everyone puts all their information on Facebook and Reddit. So I tracked it down to two people. Of course. That uh, turned out to be electricians that had normal jobs. Um, so I couldn't find any definitive evidence that an employee from Bioware went and cut the um, fiber optic line that was being worked on. So I'm, I have no theory on which employee did that. I'm sure an employee did it, you know, for reasons unbeknownst to anybody. That, you know, Bioware just didn't want to do streams. So they created this huge elaborate scheme that could be easily verified by looking on the internet at anything. So, I don't know why this, the lines were cut, guys. I tried to do all my due diligence and figure out which employee cut it, but I came up empty-handed. So Construction, man. What, what are you going to do? Oh, I, I guess that was the first thing that came up when I... I didn't even search this. Like, I, I took them at their word that, hey, the line was cut, we're not able to do the stream, and that was it. But anyway, I spent oh. all that time, and I failed at um, figuring out who actually cut that line. I mean, there's also that tweet from AT&T that came out, what was it, yesterday or today, that basically apologized for the uh, internet, well, the AT&T service outage in the Austin area. But so, if you if you believe that, J.D., you're just believing the lies of Bioware and EA. Uh, you know, That's I'm what they want you to think. Going on I'm, drink, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I am ready to go to planet whatever. All right, guys, it has been 55 days since the official launch of Anthem. We are into Act 1, um, and we are still waiting to get all the new stuff that we're supposed to get this month. Um, I don't know if a live stream being pushed back would affect when those things went live. I, I, In my mind, I can't imagine that it would affect that, but maybe it has. So we're 55 days in, and I want to know what your guys' week in Anthem has been like. We'll talk about the live stream. We'll talk about a couple of other things about job openings that have been posted on Bioware. But I want to know what you guys have been doing in-game. If you've been playing, if you have been playing, what are you doing? What are the goals you're trying to meet? Mike, we'll start with you. What have been your goals in Anthem this last past week? I unfortunately have been unable to play um, for the last week and a half. I was gone for work for a week. And so I couldn't take my computer with me. 
Um, so I have not been able to play. I have not been doing much in the last week and a half. I don't have, um, I guess, as far as as far as what my goals are and what my plans are to get to get stuff done. Just you know, chasing chasing bigger gear, better gear, trying to work on a build that that um, works well with every piece of equipment that's there, and just tweak and make things better. You know, um, nothing too. Nothing too strenuous, nothing too extreme. I I do need to get in and get into the codex and look and see what um, coin opportunities I need to finish um, with weapons and getting the kills and things like that. So that's probably going to be my next my next step. I've, as as our resident ranger expert, we'll, we'll call you the ranger expert. So what build, like what gear pieces are you using? Because I haven't touched the ranger yet. I think that's the next javelin I'm going to go to. Like, are there are there gear pieces that are just blatantly way better than than this other piece that is just kind of garbage? Because from what I hear, there's a grenade that all it does is freeze things and it does zero damage. Um, so I haven't encountered that. Um, I do have a I do have a grenade. It's, it's not really a grenade build. It's more of a combo build that uses a frost grenade that'll freeze things. And I so I prime them. Let's see on this one. I think I actually think the grenade is the primer. If it so freezes, think, I'm guessing it probably if I, is. If right? I remember right, if I remember right, the grenade that I have primes and it's a freeze. It's a frost grenade, and then my uh, wrist rocket detonates. So is that kind I of? I mean, just... if, if if I remember right, so I, so I think that's that's a, and that's a pretty good build, that's and that's really right. that's what I have right now on is a combo build. Um, so everything is is working to boost combo damage. Um, it's really fun to, to jump in prime stuff with either my mace or one of my grenades and then jump out and, and detonate, um, with a, uh, with a jump in the air, turn around, uh, wrist rocket into, to detonate the combo. So it's pretty fun. Very cool. Devin, what have you been up to in this last week of Anthem? Um, <clears throat> so I'll just, when I played, so I played, uh, what if we would do yesterday? Thursday? I don't remember if we played that Thursday, but I played Friday and then I played Saturday and then I took a break from games till yesterday. Just took a couple of days off, um, watched some TV and just kind of caught up on some sleep. <laughs> but yesterday, yeah, we played. Uh, Stephen and I played and had a good time. I also played with Phaedron yesterday and uh, we ran through um, strongholds, you know. Still working on those Matt Damon chests, and do you know uh, how many you've opened up and how many items you still have remaining? I have like a hundred and twenty-four remaining, I believe, or something like that. And I think there's only nineteen days left until this. I we we don't know how they're going to handle the reset, but there's only about nineteen days left to get all those. So I mean, that's you're going to have to go in with full teams and then go in without a key and hope other people have um, keys in order to open chests. Yeah, I don't think uh, right now that it's feasible for me to get everything. Um, just due to the amount of time that I'm able to put in. Um, I mean, the things that I get are, are okay. Uh, but I did have one where uh, basically it seems like I, I get uh, 75% materials and one versus one uh, decal. <laughs> um, so that's a little rough. And then I also did one, the one I did last week. Um I got all materials on one of the runs I did, which was pretty awesome. So, and and I think it's really unfortunate because if they 
because I think there's what there's 67 um, different pieces of cosmetic gear. I believe that's the number that are actually in the chest and everything else is padded out with um, with materials. Right. I think if I think if all they had were the cosmetics in there and at the rate that we're actually opening these things up, I think that would have been fine to push people to play the game. But adding everything yeah, else in, like I've, I kind of, I've just come to terms that I'm not going to get all this stuff because most of the time I'm probably just going to get materials that I'm not going to use at all, which is kind of terrible. I think it's, it, it kind of sucks that they made that decision to put all those extra stuff in there just to pad it out. Because I think right now it's, it makes it yeah. to where it's like, well, I don't even know if I want to play this because I'm not going to be able to complete it all anyway. I mean, it's all right, but it's also, it's, I mean, it's kind of a letdown about, you know, getting all those materials and maybe eventually we'll have need for those materials in the future. And that's, that's, that'll be great. But uh, right now in the system that we can play in, I mean, that stuff's not really a value to me. Um, the only thing I'm crafting, like, you know, we've talked about before is consumables. So um, I'm not crafting any weapons or gear pieces or any of that stuff. There's no point. My, my javelin, I play as the interceptor. I play every now and then as different uh, javelins, but most of the time it's all interceptor. And I'm running a full legendary build. So really, I mean, what I'm doing right now is just trying to replace the good masterwork items that I like to use in my build prior to this. Because right now, my build is basically just a, a glaive build where I have one that freezes and does a lot of damage. And then I have uh, some that, that do a lot of damage, but they also, uh, when I get crit hits with them, they give me like a 30% of my shield back. So... And and that's only your that's build pretty, right now because those are the legendaries you have, correct? It's not something yeah, that hey, I, get I mean, to I, I have these. different legendaries that I can I can use instead of the glaives, but they're they're not as good. It's not as good health and shield in there, um, and the inscriptions aren't as good. So I'm kind of stuck in the build that I'm using currently, um, just based off of what I have, and you know, I've been using the same two weapons. Uh, because everything else that I get just isn't as good, you know. Right. Um, we talked about it yesterday. There was, you know, I'm looking at uh, one of the weapons, and it's showing all green compared to one of my legendary weapons. But the inscriptions on the current equipped weapon give me, like, plus 375% damage. And the other weapon that says it's better in every way, it only has plus, like, 47% damage. So um, that's obviously not correct. <laughs> but... You know, so I, I, you know, one day when they get that in there, that I'll be, you know, stoked for that, and uh, so then we can really kind of work on it. Right now, it's, it's, uh, it's like a moot point. Which things are actually working? Yeah. Yeah. So JD, what have you been working on this week? I hear your luck has turned around from the last uh, fifty-five yeah, yeah. days. Well, uh, yeah. Um, actually, I forgot to do something that I do uh, every stream, which is uh, check my game time. Um, I think I'm up to like a 140, 150 hours now. Um, but last weekend, uh, basically um, all of Saturday, I really just took, uh, just sat down and like took the time to like, you know, try to complete as much of as much stuff as I could in Anthem, um, which was like, so I'm working on that challenge of valor. Um, I got really lucky and I was able to do like 40, or 40 or 50 world events uh, last weekend alone, um, which means like, I only have like maybe like another 20 to go. Um, and then, uh, of course, I maxed out my quick play 
um, challenges. I maxed out my stronghold challenges. And uh, the big development has been that uh, I went from having, I think, three legendaries. Uh, or what was it? Yeah, three legendaries to I have eight now, oh, which wow. is nice. Um, I started playing uh, my, Col- well, my Colossus more uh, now that I have some armor that looks uh, pretty good on it. Uh, I, I like my Colossus's look now. Um, started going through stuff, and I seem to be having better luck with the Colossus because um, I got my first three legendaries on my Ranger. And now my Colossus is my most powerful suit uh, because I have five legendaries, five legendaries for that. I have legendary uh, grenade launcher. I think it's called insult and injury. Um, and then I think four, no, no, no. Uh, I have a legendary rubidium f- uh, furnace, whatever uh, its name is. I don't remember. Uh, it's a firewall ordinance launcher. And then I have uh, three legendary components, I believe. Um, Only two of them for the Colossus. One is a universal component, uh, which is kind of okay. It's very much focused on the uh, marksman rifle. But um, I've been having having a better time uh, since, well, better time in the game since my luck has turned around. Um, Don't stab yourself, (laughs) It's okay. No, you guys just keep talking. I'm not distracting you. I just can't even see you guys anyway. I'm just scratching my eyeball. So. So I think it. I, I'm glad that clearly you trying to stab yourself. I'm glad that you that that that's finally turned around for you, JD. And there's been a lot of talk on the Discord channel that people are saying, you know what? Every time I switch to another javelin after I play on one for a while, I get a legendary. So there is kind of this running theory that you know it is possible that if you swap over to a different javelin, maybe there's some sort of you know. Uh, algorithm in the background that's saying hey you need to get a legendary because you haven't played or you haven't received one in a long time i don't know if that's true i've only been swapping between the storm and the colossus a little bit um but again that's something that it's really hard to quantify unless you really put in a lot of the time and we need we would need a ton of data from a lot of people swapping over to a different javelin in order to actually make that correlation so i mean the only things uh the only things that i noticed um because i like because like you know as somebody who's like been low on legendaries i really wanted to pay attention to like what i was doing to see if like maybe if i kept doing it you know maybe that'd be a thing you know i'm a bit of a superstitious person you know um so you know i was like okay so i'm using my colossus i keep using my colossus um my legendary seemed to well seem to drop in pairs um aside from that very first one uh, there was one odd duck uh, but all five of them dropped in um, Temple of the Scar. Um, and four of them, actually, no, three of them dropped from the final boss. Hmm. Um, the other ones all dropped uh, like uh, in the second chest or something like that. So I don't know. Uh, but Temple of Scar uh, with Colossus seems to be where it's at. Maybe they're different. Um, drop rates for different javelins at different strongholds, and then, uh, like maybe if you switch to a different javelin, you go do a certain stronghold, then you might like you know, kind of supports the javelin switching theory. But I mean, it's possible, and, and if that is the case, that is the worst type of system I've ever heard of. If that is what you have to do in order to get a legendary to drop for you, but who knows? I mean, we have no, we have no evidence to the contrary, I guess. So it is a theory, yeah. we're gonna have to run with the JD, but um, one thing that. So I've been I've been playing a bunch trying to finish up 
uh, getting all my keys every day, playing some strongholds, and just kind of trying to finish up my Matt Damon chests. Um, I don't think I'm going to do that, but there's nothing else to do in the game currently for me unless I want to go find data pads. And I, I still am trying to figure out where all the runes, not uh, what are they called? They're not the runes, the sigils for shoot. They're the green things plastered on the wall. What are they called, Mike? The runes, right? Um, I think that's what they're called. Maybe we yeah. lost Mike. So I'm like forty. I'm still trying to find them. <laughs> Sorry, I was I was muted. Um, yes, they're called runes. Yeah, so I'm still trying to find those. I don't know if these are like like I I really want to try to find them without having to go to the internet and see where they all are. But I also don't know if they're like do they move at all? Because it seems like I've flown around a ton of these places and I'm just not seeing them. And then I'll fly by another area that I've flown by a bunch, and then there's so one I have a there. Series, Steve. Okay. Well, the thing I that I that's oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's cool. Go ahead. Whatever. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. Anymore. Your theory's gone now. Go, Mike. I I think maybe because because I haven't found one in a long time either. I think they might be javelin specific. So jump into another javelin and then kind of do your same flight pattern and just to see, just to test that theory to see what shows up. Because I haven't found one in a long time either. Huh. Although I mean, someone someone probably has already shot holes into that theory, but I haven't I haven't been online looking to see. So Devin, do you know if that's if that's a thing or am I just um, not I don't know. I mean I I found this just this last week when I was playing some missions I found actually two on the last legendary contract that I just did. Um do you think that they're in events then? I I mean I don't know. It's just I mean it's out there in free play to find, you know, so anywhere out there on the map you should be able to find them but I swear, like when I was going through there, that I've been through those same areas and it right. weren't there. But then they're there. Maybe they are <laughs> so, random. Maybe maybe they're I guess not random, but like on a on a timer, on for twelve hours, off for twelve hours. Maybe I don't, I don't know. I have right. not had luck with them in so, in a quite a while. So, huh. so I, I JD. yeah. So the thing that I noticed about that was uh, like I. Like I'm, I, 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 I swear I'm not bragging, but I have a really good memory, especially when it comes to visual things. And when I'm, when I like, I, I know what you guys are talking about. Like you fly through an area, and then like all of a sudden you notice something that wasn't there before. Uh, every time that I've gone in there, like I, every time that I found a new one that I've found a different area, it was always in a spot that I hadn't seen before either due to perspective uh well like either due to the well the area well the area from which i came in or the angle from which i came in um like you might come in one where it's like okay so you fly in but like just in front of the entrance of the room that you came into down and around the corner on the back wall there it's like down in the corner and you would only see it if like as you were fighting uh, like a group of enemies, you're hovering in the air, an enemy kind of goes to the side, kind of runs around, and then you like turn to the side, and then boom, you see that corner that you wouldn't have seen otherwise. And they're usually in spots like that. And once I figured that out, I like I got like I think like maybe ten or fifteen this weekend. Um, like basically just looking in the spots that like you don't see when you come in, and then also just like checking corners that you can't really see that well in the first place. They, hmm. It's basically like they hide them in a kind of like slide of hand way where it's like. Usually you're focused on like what's directly in front of you and what you can see. And a lot of people do like a quick check. So unless like you're looking at it from different heights and different angles uh, and it makes sense for a vertical game like Anthem where it's like, 
some are like some of them you're well, some of them you are only able to see like i remember one was behind this rock against the foot of like a cliffside um that like if you look from like if you were on the ground looking at these rocks you wouldn't see it but if you were up in the air and like looking around and like you were down and around at a certain angle you could see it on the bottom there so i i think it's just a matter of like i guess really yeah perspective and just really checking the area but it does seem a little extreme at times how they hit some of these. So, so I, I just did a quick Google search, and there is a map indicating where every single one of these are. Um, so I guess it's like, well, I, I guess I could go around and fly around and spend that time doing it, or you know, I could just follow this little map here, and it can tell me exactly where everything is. Will that take away my enjoyment of finding them yeah. all? Maybe. Even caved already. Well, well, I was really, I was really curious because I'm like, you know, I've flown around this map a ton of times, and you know, it wasn't something that I was like actively seeking out. It's like, oh, if I fly by one, I'll find it and I'll pick it up. But then I'm like, well, you know, it's, I mean, there's a lot of these. But then again, it's like, well, what? I don't even know what the reward for this thing is if we were, if we were to actually find them. Two thousand coin. I'm just gonna punch myself in the gut right now. <laughs> like. See that, and that's probably know. why I'm not even finding it. It's probably just finding it. I don't know if it's only two thousand coins. Well, well, I'll find out. Reward for finding all runes in Anthem. I hope no one cuts my internet as we do this. So PSA from the Reddit: Don't collect the green glowing symbols. Okay, I guess I won't do that. So Anthem Collectibles explained how to find all these things. I'll research this later. I'm sure there's a bunch of people that have actually already found all this stuff. So I'll try and figure this out later if it's even something that I want to do. So last time, I've been playing a lot of Strongholds. I haven't really found any Legendaries in about a week. Um, I've never had a Legendary drop from a boss, which is kind of a bummer. But whatever, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep playing the game. So if you guys have feedback, if you want to tell us, hey, guys, you're idiots... Um, I'm sure a bunch of people do that on Twitter already anyway, so you can do that. Um, at, <laughs> leave us an email at freelancercodex at gmail.com, or you can leave us a voice message, 505-386-7917, if you're one of those that are still playing the game and still having fun enjoying the game. So one real quick thing I want to say. Um, us doing the the podcast right now, there's a lot of turmoil, I guess, going around in the Anthem community based on things like lack of communication um, from the developers and whatnot. Um, I just want to put it out there that just because someone enjoys playing the game does not mean that they are blind to the issues that the game has. It seems to be like if you say, hey, I enjoy playing the game, you get called out as an idiot or someone that, you know, is a fanboy to Bioware or doesn't know, you know, their shoe from a duck um, kind of mentality that's out there. That's pretty strange. (laughs) Yeah, like like a duck has feathers. Shoes don't. I mean, we, we understand that there are issues with the game. We can still enjoy playing it and see, you know, the potential in it. And maybe, I mean, and for me, it's not so much like, hey, this game has a lot of potential. Um, I always kind of like being at the ground floor. And this is kind of a, a different launch of a video game that it's like, you know, I would like to be here as this thing builds up. Like I, I played Sea of Thieves in the beginning for a really long time and just kind of dropped off of it. Not because it was a bad game, but be, because I just kind of stopped having fun with it. And that's fine. And a lot of people stuck with the game, and the game's in a way better place than it was before. You know, it, and I guess that's just kind of where I'm at with Anthem right now. It's like I, I want to see, you know, the ship turn around and the ship correct. It doesn't mean that we're blind to the issues that it has. Um, 
I don't does does that make any sense or am I just kind of projecting like all the attacks that we've been getting um while we while no. we've been yeah. talking with people on the internet? Yeah, it I makes, think it's it's pretty so ahead of it. Really, I mean it, it's just you know, we we I still enjoy playing the game. Yeah, I haven't like you know, we, I haven't played a ton lately, just been doing different things, but every time I play I still have a good time. Uh do I notice issues? Yeah, absolutely. I mean we had the health issues, both of us had them at different times while we were playing yesterday. And, you know, sometimes it sucked and other times it was better um, because of those issues. But we, we know they're working on those things, um, you know, and I look forward to hearing more about what they're working on and and how they're going to improve the game. And it's not like they're just saying, oh, you know what, screw them. We're just not going to fix anything. And, you know, but I mean, the people just need to get over it. It's like if you hate the game so much, then, then stop following us and stop. You know, worrying about it so much that you have to go online and complain about it every day about how much you hate it, or or keep living in that hate. I guess whatever makes you feel good at the end of the day. Um, I guess this is how some people do it, but that's it's just, how... it seems crazy. You know. Yeah. yeah. Good, JD. So uh, I briefly uh, stopped by uh, your anthem stream today. Um, because like basically it got out at the same time I was getting out of, uh, out of a meeting from work and I, I dropped off some paperwork, uh, actually dropped off some paperwork for a raise. Yay. But, um, it like, like hearing, uh, hearing William talk about things and, uh, uh, you know, he did, he did give us freelancer codex boys a shout out on the stream today. Uh, he says he would like to come on again, but, uh, as he was talking about it, you know, I, a, a lot of things he was saying uh, kind of resonated with me as well, where it's just like, you know, we just, there's a, I, I, I think the, the hardest thing right now is just the overwhelming amount of negativity uh, towards the game and towards the people who like it. Like, you know, there's a lot of people who like, who are out there who basically feel like, like, that are insulting people that enjoy Anthem. And the whole thing is that there are things about the game to enjoy. Like um, one of the things that I really liked uh, and I don't, uh, I haven't listened to last week's episode yet. So I don't know if we talked about it while I was gone, but there was that article from uh, Jennifer Sherla from uh, uh, Polygon uh, talk, but I think the title was like uh, why the combat and Anthem feels so damn good. And like, the the moment to moment gameplay is one of the best aspects of Anthem. Like the whole thing is that yeah, is there a, is there a lack of uh, rewarding uh, content at the moment? Yes, and I like you know like I like the game and I can admit that. But the game also has really good combat. It does it does not play like a lot of other games that I have played and. I can't like I have honestly Anthem has become my new go-to game for like when I am in between things um, as opposed to like what it was before, which was Warframe. Like Warframe had really, really fun gameplay and a lot of customization. So I would like pop in there from time to time, you know, update my look, update my build, and then, you know, go out and do a couple things. But Anthem has replaced it because it's, it, it's a lot of fun. And the, the gameplay is amazing. Um, like if if the whole basis is like you just want to hate on somebody um because they like something you don't i mean 
I don't know. It, no, I mean, it, it just and it's, seems so it's, immature. A, it's, it's, it's a hard feeling to quantify because as an adult, you're like, hey, I thought we left this, you know, back in the fifth grade. But turns uh, out you're still going to get made fun if you're not wearing Nikes and you went and bought your shoes from Payless because you had five brothers and your parents had to support that many kids. But hey, you know, what goes around comes around, I guess. So real quick, uh, I want to talk about a couple job postings that they have posted up on the website. Um, we're going to talk about loot. So there is a job opening at Bioware. So Mike, I think you should apply for this one. And I think we should do the application process right here, right on the show. Right. All right. So they're looking, they're looking for someone to do loot. It says Bioware is looking for a creative and passionate senior system designer with experience in loot systems to join our studio in either Austin or Edmonton to work on our newest IP Anthem. Building a truly great server-side loot system that is scalable, has modern concepts like streak-breaking and easily modifiable data formats. A great loot system ensures that the players have predictable experiences that can be measured with data. So this is telling me that, okay, they realize... See, and I guess it kind of hurts me that this is coming out like, you know, this was posted a couple days ago. It's like... You guys should have known this from the beginning. I understand that the game wasn't in production for very long. A lot of things happened very quickly. (laughs) And to put out a game in 18 months, you kind of have to decide, okay, what do we put out now? What do we put out later? And loot was obviously safe for later. That was a decision that they made. Uh, We can argue all day whether that was the correct decision or not. I am glad, though, that this is something that they're addressing I don't know how long it'll take if they're just posting a job now. Um, That makes me think that there might not be someone internally unless um, a lot of times big companies, they they have to post their positions for a certain amount of time, even if they're taking an internal candidate that's filling that role already. So this is very possible that they already have someone picked out inside of Bioware for this job. There was a post by Travis Day. Travis Day is a developer. He worked for Blizzard for a long time. He's, I think he's at a new studio right now. I, I forget what studio Travis is at right now. But he worked on Diablo 3. He worked on Loot 2.0 that really turned that game around. Initially, Diablo 3 had the auction house, which was a terrible idea. Legendaries would drop like once every maybe 150 hours for just one. And then it would get sold on the auction house pretty quickly. And no one really liked that system, so Travis came in, redesigned that system, and, you know, Diablo 3 is in the, in the place it is now because of that decision. So Travis Day went on to Reddit, and he posted up, hey, I've been playing Anthem. These are some of my ideas on how to fix the loot. Um, I think Travis is very smart. He had a lot of good points that I agreed with. I mean, you couldn't really argue against the things that he was saying about, you know, risk versus reward, all that good stuff. Now, you see a lot of people saying, all right, you know, just hire Travis Day. And, you know, in a, in, in a perfect world, I guess you could just say, hey, I want to hire you. And people will say yes, you know, without leaving the current job that they're already at, which doesn't make much sense. I mean, the dude has a job. I don't think you can just say, hey, we want to hire you. And that's that. It doesn't work like that. And a lot of the ideas that he had, it's not like you can just, you know, take what he wrote in a Reddit comment and put it into the game. That kind of stuff takes time. It needs to be built. So people that say, hey, just have his, just hire Travis Day, or the people that said, oh, you know, Travis provided all this feedback and they just ignored it. You know, we don't know that, but I mean, we can speculate all we want that, you know, they've been ignoring all this great advice that people have had. But to me, 
this says that, hey, they're actually going to be doing something about it, and hopefully it's going to affect um, the game soon. I mean, I guess, what, three months if they're hiring someone now to put a new loot system in here? Mike, how long do you think it takes to, you know, completely overhaul the loot that we have right now? Um, I bet three to six months is a good... I mean, so a complete overhaul, starting from the ground up, scrapping exactly what we have now, I bet it's going to take a while. You know, since I know a whole lot about that <laughs> and how to program stuff. I mean, my VCR blinks 12 o'clock. You JD, still have a VCR? A piece of equipment that used to hey, 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 hey. I am not that young. I, <laughs> come on. I mean, I, mean, do you, um, I, don't, I don't know why VCR came to my head, but it did. So I'm guessing, again, I have no knowledge base at all, I, but I'm – but I would assume it's longer than a 40 hour work week. Yeah. So, I mean, three to six months might be, a, yeah. might be an applicable time to get me. Okay. So, so sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place. So maybe three to six months is your time to get one bugs worked out, have like a final finished product, but I bet you can start tweaking systems within a month. Yeah. Three to three to four weeks, maybe. Um, because just, I mean, you have to build your loot table. Obviously, you have to, you have to, you know, assign numbers to to the level of drop that this is. And I mean, do you do you I, just? I don't know. I don't know. Do I, I, don't know. I don't know. You asked me about this. I know. I know nothing. <laughs> because you, because you have your pins. Yeah. So I, I want to do. You, do you guys think we just scrap the entire system that we have now, or do you try to salvage it and build off of it? You know what would you? So, what would be your? I don't. I don't know if. I don't know if there's anything good about it. So you. Um, so you salvage. So you scrap it. I, yeah. I would. I think. I think to to really appease what people are calling for. I think you need to. Um, obviously, there's going to be things that that are still that are still around. You're going to have the same the same icon drop um, for the loot. The the little. Uh, pyramid trapezoid thing um your color system well even that wasn't even that we we complained about a little bit so so that'll have to be looked at um the table itself i I don't i don't know i don't know if the loot system is the problem or if the loot is the problem if that makes sense well it just so happens that bioware is actually looking for someone to do item creation and design so they're looking for a creative and passionate system designer with experience in item creation to join our studio in either Austin or Edmonton on Anthem. It's an important role in a looter shooter like Anthem. That seems like a true statement that item creation is an important in a loot shooter. The system designer is responsible for creating a system of itemization that players can understand. Hey, that, now that line there didn't hit me till now, but that's like, <laughs> hey, our players should be able to understand this. We should be able to give them a way that they could track what their damage is, their damage per second. I mean, that's that seems like it's it's an important thing. And we need this person hired yesterday. So let's get this person on here. But they are also responsible for creating interesting and compelling choices with the combat system. And I think, you know what, this person, give this person a raise already if they're not hired already because they're going to... We need this person right now. They also ensure that properties on items work in the way it intended. Man, yeah. Let's get this guy over there. Or girl. It can be a guy or a girl. Um, we're not sexist here. So this this is something that I think they realize that, yes, we need someone to do this. 
The 24 weapons that don't change at all, except for color skins, is not a fun system. It's not fun to play with. Um, we don't know exactly like when you're moving up from Grandmaster 1 to Grandmaster 2, or even if you're playing Grandmaster 2 and you go from free play to like a stronghold or to a legendary mission, and all of a sudden your damage numbers are out of whack again. Like that's the kind of thing in the combat that just doesn't make sense to me. Like, in my mind, if I do, you know, 10,000 crit damage, I want to do 10,000 crit damage on Grandmaster 1, Grandmaster 2, and Grandmaster 3 until I get something that's actually going to increase that. Now, whether the damage uh, resistance or the health of the enemies change, that's fine. But I want to know consistently in my head how much damage I'm doing. And if that changes between activity and if that changes between um, difficulty setting, that's a system that I don't understand. Because then I don't know what my numbers mean. So that's something that I would like to change also. But that's... You know, Steve, these, these job postings are are kind of telling as to kind of what internally is going on. And it's and it's kind of um, um, oh, not inspiring that, that they're having to hire these people. Because then you're thinking, well, what, what was wrong? Was there someone to begin with? Do did, was there someone there who is now disgruntled and is is well, leaving? It's just it's just I don't know. And I'm just thinking. I mean, I think so the people that they had there have like moved on to different things. Is that what it is? So the the really confusing part here, right? For me, is where it says in either uh, Austin or Edmonton. It's like why I I I I don't like that they split the teams. You know into two different areas. I understand if you need to do to do that to bring people in to help finish projects and have people from a different studio help work on stuff. That's fine, but if you're well, I mean ultimately it should be all in the same place. For well, and didn't we didn't we get that? And, if if I can if we? I can clarify that just a little bit. Uh right. the whole thing is that uh BioWare Austin and I th- what was it? Uh there were there used to be four BioWares. Um then there were three. I forget what the fourth one was, but the the three were uh, the main Bioware studio in Edmonton. We had Bioware. There Austin, can be only one. And then we <laughs> had uh, Bioware Montreal. Montreal shut uh, shut down, was merging to EA Motive up in Montreal. And then Bioware uh, Copenhagen. Yeah, they yeah. shut down. Uh, anyways, anyways, uh, Bioware Austin. Like the whole thing is that like it wasn't until like the last couple of years that they had the one Bioware initiative that uh, basically they made an effort. It started like a little bit after Inquisition, where they started making an effort to get like Spanish all... Inquisition. Nobody expects <laughs> Spanish Inquisition, but um, yeah. So they got they they had the Bioware, well, the one Bioware initiative, where basically they wanted to get all of their separate studios because they were all under the Bioware brand and they had some direction, but they weren't really. JD, is this a long long. story? Uh, I'm trying to. I'm, trying to make just, it quick. I'm just I kidding. Keep getting interrupted. Keep getting oh, interrupted. You can't blame that on and, me. Anyway, go yeah. ahead. Finish your story. Anyways, Tell us where you're going. Yeah, but but uh, basically, under the one uh, one Bioware initiative, they started getting everybody in on the same thing, and they started work, having multiple studios work on the same project. So the whole thing, it's not like they were uh, one group that uh, that was all working together, and then they split them into different places. So much as that they started as separate places, and then they started trying to get them organized into one. Yeah, but but now like. You know, live service is in Austin. Ben and and everybody there in Austin is working on 
Anthem. That's where the main team is working on yes. Anthem. So, so why you would advertise for having someone in these important positions to be in a different studio is strange to me because that level of communication is never going to be there because they're not going to be able to walk down the hall and just, say, Hey, can you look yeah, at this? They, so they I might I, be changing strategy because with all, like if they're really addressing some of the internal complaints and some of the issues raised by the Shire report or the Shire article, um, it might just be a situation of like, yeah, our original plan was to let uh, Austin handle this after launch, but like, we, but, think we I need mean, to handle this over I, here. It just doesn't work splitting it. I mean, it works where it's okay, this studio is gonna work on this. So, like with Battlefield 5, they have different studios work on some specific parts of the game. So, like uh Criterion has worked on the Battle Royale mode. That was all them, nobody else, you know, you know, got in there. It's like, okay, they made this, this is their baby, they continue to work on it, they improve it, they have all the maintenance and everything else on it. And it makes well, sense if you have something that's split, but Anthem, it doesn't really have anything that's split that way to be able to have those kind of things. I, I think what well, it is, I mean, it it comes down to, you know what? We want to be able to hire people that potentially want this job from Edmonton, that maybe they have to move to Austin, but we're going to hire them now. So I think that's why that's worded in there. Because I really do think that there's probably people internally that are taking these jobs and this just has to be posted for a certain amount of time. And if there are people in Edmonton that want that job, they are now able to to get that and either move later or communicate, you know, for a little while. We I mean, there were a couple of people that came down from Edmonton recently on Twitter, a couple of the devs that were visiting the the offices. Maybe they're doing interviews. Who knows? Because why else would they would they bring them down there, right? So, I mean, that's yeah. that's my Tacos, own conspiracy yeah. theory. So. The, the, the thought that I have is that it could be that they're doing a complete loot system overhaul in Edmonton, and they're just leaving Austin to just kind of maintain what's currently happening. Because the whole thing is that, like, to have them completely, like, like Mike was saying earlier, like, it could take a long time to, like, completely, like, just, oh, like, revamp uh, the loot system. So, like, you still need to address the problems that are going on until that's in place. Well, I think address... So, well, I think moving like the whole team to Austin is addressing one of those issues that Jason brought up. Like having a team split yeah. like that, like there's development, there's there's developers that have people scattered all across the the world. You know, they communicate with Skype, which is a terrible um, piece of heart, uh, programming. Um, sorry to <laughs> all the people that work on Skype, but it's just not great. So there are teams that can do that for certain games. Generally, they're indie games. There are some teams, like Devin said, that, you know what, guys, I think, uh, who's the studio that does all the armor for Destiny, Devin? They... Uh, Raven Studio? So Raven Studio, so who they, were they before? There was... They Kai... were Raven, but they used to work on Call of Duty stuff, but then they got repurposed. But uh, now they're pro- obviously not because they're not part of Activision doing stuff with them anymore. So right. whether they... they're helping them or not. And, and there are studios that do this, but you're right. It's a specific part of a game, and I yeah. don't think that the loot and item creation is something that you separate out of the game of Anthem. That's just not something you do, because you have to balance that against enemies. You have to balance that against the stronghold. What type of weapons are going to work here? And you need to be able to like, you know, throw a ball at someone down the office and say, hey, can you come look at this? Instead of yeah, shooting those are an core email. pillars, right? So- right. Instead of sending an email to someone and be like, well, I hope they respond today because I would love to figure out if this damage should be 1% or 
or should be 2%. I mean, you know, they had this, you know, Edmonton versus Austin thing going on in the article that, you know, why would you continue to do that? Unless it's, you know, it could be better than that. But anyway, I'm going to move on. We talked a lot about that. They're also going to have someone that's working on the store and reward pipeline. So these are three things that we've been um, talking a lot about on our podcast. So I'm going to say that it's because of us, these people are getting hired. So you're welcome, everyone that's going to apply for this job. So Bioware is looking for a creative and passionate systems designer. Every time they say passionate, it just makes me like in, in my mind, I'm like, oh, they just want someone that will work for cheap and then we'll put in a ton of hours. Hopefully that's not the case here. Um, with experience in store management, hey, Mike, you managed a store for a while. You could you could apply for this job. And reward pipelines to join our studio in either Austin or Edmonton to work on our newest IP anthem. This role handles both store flow and creation. And it also ensuring not just the data that comes from managing the store, but also the flow of all rewards in the game. So the game has compelling rewards in every avenue offered by the experience. This role also receives access to types of items that come in through the pipeline to ensure via data that the players are getting what they want. Lots of cool things here. First of all, like I've been tracking every item that goes through the store so I can just send them my Excel spreadsheet. Like here, I already got all this information for you. You take this. So I think there's (laughs) going to be a whole store overhaul coming up soon. We've been saying for the longest time... You have to make everything available. You have to, if you're going to have a featured page, it needs to be things on discount so that people can buy stuff. Because that, because right now the flow is terrible. The way that things are doled out, yeah. we don't even know, you know, when it's if there's. This last week. Yeah, we don't know if there is uh, another interceptor cosmetic that's actually even ready to go into the game, or it's like, hey, when we're when it's ready, we'll throw it out there. Because I mean, we've have so. Um, Anthem Archives has been data mining a lot of the stuff that comes in with the patches and there's not another um, Interceptor armor set in those files as of yet and those guys are pretty good at getting all that stuff out so you know these are things that are core pillars of the game cosmetics and loot and items Um, these are all things that are really important I'm glad that I would love for these to have been right out of the gate but that's not the that's not the world that we're living in right now. So I'm glad that they're hiring people to help fix this. Um, like Mike yeah. said, I'm guessing it'll probably take around six months to get everything set up, tested, and out to us. Um, that's going to be a really long longer. time. You you say longer than six months? Yeah. So, I mean, the real problem is, right, so they have a bunch of gear pieces and components and those kind of things. But if you're talking about weapons and, and all these other things you need to, you can still use some of the stuff that's in there, but you need to, I mean, just let, let me just focus on the weapons. For example, the way they put this in is, you know, there's only, I don't know, maybe 20 or 30, I'd say probably 30 weapons, you know, in total. And then you have different variations of the same exact weapon. There's nothing. I mean, even the legendaries and stuff, they're not very unique. They have a different skin. It's the same exact model. You know, uh, whereas if you look at a game like Destiny, where they have super unique weapons, you can tell it by looking at it, what it is, you know, whereas like right now, I'm like, oh, I got a shotgun. Let me see what this is, because they all look like the same kind of shotgun. It's there's nothing special about the way they look. And so in redoing your whole loot system, it's all, you know, they have to create more loot for starters and vary the loot. Um, you know, so they, they need to 
increase all of that information. They need to uh, do that also for all of the components and gear pieces. I mean, there's when you have like three gear pieces or four gear pieces, you know, and you just different variations of those same four pieces. That's that's not enough to give you variation. Um, the way that they kind of talked about it early on, you know, giving you more opportunities or more more routes towards the end game because right now there there is no um, in in game or in goal for the loot because none of it really works or you don't really know that it works because of how everything's set up. And so I, I think it's definitely a lot more complicated than, um, you know, a couple months to fix. I mean, they, uh, to, they have to redo the whole system from the ground up and that's going to require changing so many things within the game and how it's delivered and, I just don't think they can do that in three or six months. You know, I'm, I'm thinking nine, nine months to a year to do a total re rehaul or rehash or whatever. A year is a really long time. You're That's saying, a really long time to, to wait. End product though, right? I mean, they'll, they'll give us rollouts. Yeah. yeah they'll give us, not, they'll give you incremental rollouts and different stuff. Yeah. yeah. No, it's not wait for a whole year with nothing new. They're going to give us things right. in there. Kind of like uh, destiny redid things, you know, where they're like, okay, here's all these things. And then, Okay, in this big expansion we have, this is how it's really going to change, and this is what you're going to get. And so they can they're still, you know, they need to have a team that's working on life service, giving you the stuff that's going now, and they should have another team that's working on stuff, you know, for six months for major nine months, patches here. Yeah, major patches, things that are going on. Like if you look at Rare and the Sea of Thieves teams, they have four teams working on content for Sea of Thieves. And so those are like three months, six months, nine months. How many year. people did they have working on it? Teams, like Mike. Two, teams. Like four teams. And they're leapfrogging over the content, you know, yeah, to put that out. Leapfrogging. So, I mean, they need Man. to develop that for the live service. So they need to have more people. I mean, we don't know how many people from Bioware are working on the live service. But, you know, if you want to be able to create something that's going to last and be able to keep going, like they've said, they're, you know, they're in it for the long haul. They need more people and more teams because uh, one team can't do it all. They, they can't it, – it's just not going to work because you need to have people that – their sole focus is on this content coming six months from now, and they need to be able to do that and, and work on that and, and be able to give it to us. And so to put that in with the live service, okay, here's all these things, and then you have to tell the guy, okay, a year from now, your content that's coming out is – going to be reflected in a system that we don't even have in place or don't or, or haven't decided on what it's going to be is something that's going to be a, a huge problem you and, know? so and one thing i do want to say about the guns and them not being very distinct there's one thing about the guns that i do like like i i can tell what gun you're shooting by the sound it makes so i think the sound yeah, design really is really good like i know when someone's firing an artinia's gambit mainly because i've been playing that game the game with that gun for about 50 hours now, and that's it. Um, and, and I guess that's another issue. Like, I, I found a gun that works really well, that does a lot of damage, and I spec for it. And I can't find anything that's better that, than that because of the rolls that I got. And I got those rolls um, pre, pre-patched pre whenever they changed all that stuff. So I haven't found anything that's better. And I think that's a problem. I need to be finding stuff that's better to change up what I'm doing. So, And, it, and I... I don't know if I want them to do incremental changes because then that's always going to feel like, okay, that's this is the next step. This is the next step. 
you know, maybe they yeah. do small changes, but right now, I think even if they did small changes to the loot that we have now, like increasing legendary drops, I don't think that fixes any problems. We're just going to get a bunch of legendary drops that don't have great inscriptions, and they're just yeah. we're just going to be like, okay, this isn't good, this isn't good, this isn't good, and you know, then then there's no content after that. Um, we're waiting for a stronghold that was supposed to be previewed yesterday. And we have no information on. Oh, so the last the last um, person that they're going to hire, they're going to hire someone to do combat balance. So they're looking for another passionate person, uh, system designer too, with experience in combat balance to join our studio in either Austin or Edmonton again. The role is responsible for moment-to-moment tuning of the game, ensuring that the player and monster abilities are equivalent in ways players understand. The role will work closely with an item designer to ensure that the assumptions about the player power matches the awesome items in the world game. And I think this is something important. You have to feel like you are powerful. You have to feel like you are doing the correct amount of damage. Um, I think when I was playing with Devin yesterday, I did a crit for a seven that popped up. I don't know exactly why. <laughs> I thought it was like four. Yeah, so, four was I, so I finally wanted to change up the build that, that I was using. Yeah, because I was like, okay, I'm done using Artinia's Gambit. I've been using it for 50 hours. You know, I'm critting for 10,000 a shot, 100 rounds in the mag. And that's like, it. the amount of damage over time is like, with all the items that I currently have, like nothing even comes close to touching it. Just because, you know, you pick up ammo all the time, there's very little cooldown on something that has 100 rounds in the mag. So I'm like, I'm going to change to my Frost Shards to kind of do a different build. And then my Frost Shards are doing 120 damage. And I have nine of them, and then I have to wait for them to cool down. And I'm like, why would I ever use this? This makes zero sense that I would use this ability. Like, even though it freezes things at Grandmaster 2, it doesn't freeze them for very long. And then, anyway, so I want the abilities to feel powerful. And you can see that there are some builds, like if someone gets lucky, they can have, you know, the glaives that completely destroy things in one shot. And that's great if if you get those drops. But if you don't get those drops... You're stuck trying to piece something together out of an assortment of Legos that don't exactly match. And you end up with something that... Plus 1% damage. <laughs> yeah. What kind of legendary is that? <laughs> so I, I'm excited that these positions are open. You know, I think we should all apply for them just so we can say that we tried. Um, but it's it's <laughs> something that needs to be done, and I hope it gets done soon. Like I'm excited for the team. I'm excited for these people to come in, make the changes that they want, and hopefully, you know, we'll see how long it takes for them to uh, to get this rolled out. And we're probably not going to know when they're filled. They'll probably just disappear off the website. It's not going to mean you know that they're filled or whatever. But I'm excited to see um, what comes out of this. All right, so live stream yesterday. We were supposed to have a live stream in about 20, 20 minutes, 45 minutes or so. I don't remember the timing exactly. I was at work. They put out a post saying that it was canceled and because of a fiber line was cut and they're not going to be able to do the live stream. So Reddit decided to you know, be detectives. They called surrounding areas to ask if their internet was down. Um, they called their grandmas that were in Texas to see if their grandma's internet was down. Um, and then a lot of people are like, you know, this is just a PR stunt. They don't want to release anything. The, their, the content that they're showing isn't ready, which is weird because every time they've showed something, they said, hey, you guys, there's a lot of bugs in this. So for them this time to be like, no, let's just cut it. We don't want to show off bugs. That That's just weird. I mean, the internet's weird anyway. So it was really unfortunate that this happened. 
Um, and I know we all feel the same way that we all were excited to see the new stronghold, at least a part of it, and then talk about the changes that were coming up. We are well, pa- we're past the middle of the month and we haven't seen any of the new act two stuff. Act two, act one, no, we're in act one of, um, April and we haven't seen any of those things. We haven't seen any of the free play events. We haven't seen the new, um, progression system. So they've been real dark. They've been real quiet on all of that stuff. So I don't mind that the that the stream was canceled and pushed. I mean, this weekend is a holiday in the States. Um, a lot of yeah. people celebrate either, you know, they have Friday it's off or they have Monday off. So too. it's a holiday in lots of places. So I understand that. I understand that, hey, we're, we're not going to be streaming or, or whatever. I think the issue that I have is that they didn't post. They could have written a blog about what they were going to show. They could have recorded a video of you know the a little bit of the stronghold that they were going to show off and release that to us i mean maybe that's still going to happen i doubt it but i think them going silent was the wrong answer um i don't know how you guys feel about this but i i wish they would have said something or screenshot small video not go quiet So we've we've talked about this on the on the Discord a few times, uh, even before this stream. Um, and again, uh, shout out to the Discord, full of awesome people. But um, we've talked about the need for uh, Bioware to follow up their streams with uh, some kind of supplementary uh, blog post. You know, um, the uh, I. I the, I remember every time that I've had the conversation with people in the Discord, it's always been, uh, I've always brought up the dev stream posts that they have after every dev stream for Warframe, where it's it's for the people that don't have the time to watch the hour, two, well, the out, one hour, two hour, three hour stream that has all the goodies. Instead, it just has uh, Twitch clips of the important parts, a written description of uh, all the items addressed. Uh, and the whole thing is that you can get through all of that in about maybe 10, 15 minutes if you're reading it and you watch all the clips. But it seems like it, like it's for people that don't have time to watch the stream. And it's also a good plan B. Like I, I, I don't think that they've ever released it in lieu of a stream. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of any examples like that off the top of my head. But they need to, they need to have some kind of – they should have had a plan B especially given that a lot of people were upset with the radio silence from Bioware uh, after the, uh, the Trier article and the controversy uh, they needed, like this was horrible timing. And I think we can all agree on that, that it's, it's some of the worst luck uh, that this actually happened to them, but it, they needed, they should have had a plan B. We should have heard something by now. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, first... it... go ahead, Devin. Before I go <laughs> See, My upset. first thought was, and they got some JD level luck right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh man, no, nothing's going on today. And then I was like, oh, it's cool because I couldn't watch it anyways. I was busy with work stuff. And then I was like, I oh, will just have watch it tomorrow. And then they're like, no, I got delayed till next week. Because like, oh, come on. Um, you know, I mean, there's definitely the need, you know, to communicate and stuff. And you know, like Reddit's like, look. If you can tweet, you can write up a blog post. <laughs> if right? you can tweet, you can um, stream. <laughs> yeah. If you can if you can tweet something, you can at least put out, you know, some patch notes or things that you're working on. And, you know, I mean they have two community managers. Uh granted, 
AJ is more the EA side of things, as far as I know. But it's definitely not an easy job. I mean, we don't know all the challenges and everything that they're facing or that they're doing and what they can do. And it's, you know, no, we're never going to be happy with, with everything they do. It just, it's really hard. They're in a tough spot. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's just tough of everything that they do is, is all under a microscope right now. Everything is under a microscope for them. And, um, you know, you can, you can do good and then you're doing bad, but, they really needed to put something out, and I think that would have been easier. I mean, just like you said, you know, they could do a video or any of those kind of things. I would, I would prefer, you know, uh, honestly, I think instead of live streams, to put the live streams off till later when they got things fixed to put out like a, a Vidoc or something simple like that. Of okay, here's a video. These are, I mean, we talked about it before. These are the specific things we worked on, and this is what it looks like in action. Instead of like trying to. Okay, let's let's try and find these things while we're playing and talking about them and having that person perform that. It's like, okay, here's what this looks like in action. This is what it is. You know, be very concise. You know, I, I like you know the live streams are very personable, but at the same time, right now I don't think they have time for for worrying about those live streams and getting that stuff to work. And they sh- you know they can make a little video and put that stuff out and be like, okay, here's what it is. Have their blog post. And let the fans or somebody else put it on Reddit and, the other, and else every other place, but they put it up on their website, and that's it. You don't need to repost it on, on Reddit or Twitter and stuff. I mean, you can have a link on Twitter that says, hey, here's our blog post. Go check it out. I mean, because there's going to be plenty of people uh, give something, give the Game Changers something to do. You know, they're not doing anything right, right now anyway, so um, let them do something, I guess. So, yeah, I think uh, one of the the frequent comments that that they get, you know, when they do these live streams is they'll say, you know what? Oh, look, they're cherry picking these questions. You know, we have to ask them, you know, we they're not going to pick these questions anyway if we ask them. So no matter what they do, like you said, it's they're going to be raked over the coals, whether they do a live stream or not. But I think if, you know, you can control so much more of your narrative of what you want to show, what you want to say, if it's pre-recorded, and you put it out there. And then, you know what? You're not communicating anyway, so it doesn't matter if you're if you're live. You're not talking to us right now, anywhere. So, yep. you know, it seems like that's the logical thing to do. If you're not going to talk with, if you're not going to answer those questions, those hard questions, then just, you know, make a video, put it out. And then move on. I mean, that's something that we've been talking about for a long time. It's like after a while, it's like these live streams aren't benefiting you. So, well, it's just a more controlled way of getting the information out and just like here it is exactly. And it can take them long, you know, to find that water. And uh, it's not going to matter. They're not going to be embarrassed on live stream when they can't find something to show a feature off. It did take AJ a long time to find water, didn't it? I mean, that was that was a long time to find water but anyway so that that happened there's a bunch of conspiracies people think that they cut it or or whatever um i guess i guess it's okay if you want to believe that bioware um cut their lines on purpose if that's the narrative that makes you happy go for it you do you i'm not going to tell you not to believe that um but but if you're going to believe that, then you have to let other people believe that, you know what, stuff happens. And if you attack them and you believe it was a conspiracy, then you've got other issues. So um, next yeah. thing that I want to talk about, and we'll end this whole thing because we've been talking about, you know, stuff for about an hour. So issue number two of the comic was released. I don't know 
If you guys have been following the comic at all, Mike, have you been following the comic? Totally engaged, engulfed, reading it right now. It's the best like comic it. ever. Devin, have you been following the comic? <laughs> no, I'm saving it all for August. I ordered it all when it's together. I have read some comments though, but JD um, comic. Uh, I'm waiting for the collected volume. So okay, I, I would. Would you guys get upset if I spoiled the whole thing right here? No, I'll remember by the time it all comes out. Okay, are you gonna are you gonna not go if we say yes? Um, no, <laughs> I'd probably do it anyway. I'm gonna give a spoiler warning for people that <laughs> that um. That's a Stevie love. Yeah. I'm, so spoiler warning. I'm gonna talk about the comic right now. So um, and then we're gonna end the show here after this. So if you, I mean, if if you want to save the comic for whenever you're gonna read it, um, we'll we'll see you guys all later. And thanks for hanging out with us. But in like five seconds, I'm going to spoil the comic. Uh, five, four, three, two, one. The comic isn't very good. And that makes me really sad to say. Um, it's very short. I do like the art style and the way it's drawn. But the story that they're telling with Johnny is not interesting at all. There's very little dialogue between characters. Um, there's... I was really hoping for like backstory. Right now, all we're getting is Johnny was a a freelancer and she didn't do very well. So someone yelled at her and now she's not a freelancer. So she stole a javelin, um, went into these ruins. There was ruins there and all of a sudden there was a storm javelin there and she was going to die. But Kismet connected with her and saved her. And now they're back in the fort and now Yara wants them to be freelancer team. Other, I mean, that's that's the whole comic in a nutshell, with just very few blurbs and just art mixed in between. There's no like depth to Johnny. There's no it. it it's really frustrating. So it's not a three D comic, then. Is that what you're saying? It's not a three D comic. No, it's it's very one dimensional. Thank you, Devin, for for that. Yeah, it's it's super one dimensional and and one note like. Oh, you can't hack it. Oh, I did this. No, you're out of here. And then you just kind of leave, and it's like. We have this whole world to explore. We have Helena of Tarsus. We have the freelancers that that fought with her. We have the Freelancer 3 story that we get told throughout this whole thing. We have the Crimson Lancer. We have the freaking Grabbit detective that we could have pulled from from story. And Johnny's story that we get a lot of that in the game. So we know she doesn't die in the comics. It just seems so... Oh... I don't know how else to describe it except for that sound. And I'm like, I, w- I would love to like it more. And maybe that's just the format. I don't read a ton of comics anyway. But it's just... I, I really wanted something that would be like, I know the game is in a tough spot right now. Developers are fixing it. But guys, check out the comic. And I can't recommend that to anyone because it's just not fun to read, I guess. So that's my short review. You can do do with what do what you want with that information, whether you want to get it or not. Star review. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you if you get like the the whole shoot, you can pre order the thing for like thirteen bucks, and you get all the issues in hardcover right now on Amazon, and that comes out in August. I don't know why it's so far away, but I mean, it's only a three issue comic, I believe. And it's just, yep. I mean, it, it is what it is. I wish it was more than what it is, but that's not going to change that. So one thing that does happen in the comic, and this is one of those things that really drives me crazy. There's one tiny little line when Johnny is remembering her grandmother and she has a bowl. 
And the line says that, you know, my grandmother fell in love with a changeling from another world. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're going to drop this knowledge like in one tiny little sentence while our character is looking at a bowl and then you're just going to move on and not talk about that anymore? There's changelings from another world on this planet? And that's not mentioned anywhere else? <laughs> like, like how, how did they get here? What are they doing? Are there changelings in Bastion right now, like in the fort that we just don't even know about? Is there like some other knowledge from someone from a different world? That they Trust have technology. No All right. So it's like, are are we from a different world? Are the humans that are on this planet not originally from this area? Because we know we have the Anzu. We know we have the Urgoth that were here before us that we were enslaved by. So how did we get enslaved? Did we come from a different planet and we had no idea what happened? So they just kind of took over? Like, you can't drop this little bit of knowledge inside this comic and then just breeze over it like, hey, that was a bull from this dude from a different planet. We'll see you later. Now Johnny's sad. <sighs> yeah, I, I like, uh, so one of the uh, offhand lines that they have in one of the conversations in the bar about one of the previous owners is uh, they talk about how one of the, like one of the previous bar owners uh, had a relic uh, glitch on him and like it supposedly killed him. Now, if you, if you play the Dragon Age series, you know that he became the keeper of the Black Emporium in the Dragon Age universe. Uh, it's the same character. Like, he cannot move. He's, like, stuck there. He talks about being from another world and stuff like that. Um, and they kind of make that connection. Uh, I've seen the theory online that uh, the Anthem of Creation may not actually be creating things so much as it's just pulling things from other realities. Yeah. And that would be like if a relic malfunctioned or glitched uh, and maybe did the opposite of his intended purpose, which is bring something from another reality to here, it could have very well uh, brought, well, like it could very well have, you know, sent somebody from their universe back to a universe where they get other things from. And there's also the theory out there where it's like, you know, after the big old thing, like the, like the art of the Anthem talks about the world of Anthem originally being envisioned as the Bermuda triangle of space and like people getting stuck and trapped there. So maybe that's still there at some kind of fundamental conceptual level. Um, because like the ending of mass effect three, like the planet that they end up on looks like, bastion like down to like the geometry of the planet that they're on it's like a lush jungle with weird looking like the we have the mountains and stuff it looks the same so it could be pulling stuff from other universes but i think that's cool that would be cool there's a planet out there with a lot of titans on it and the titans are having like a picnic and all of a sudden the titan gets sucked out (laughs) from its family picnic angry it's like oh i was gonna have my sandwich (laughs) anyway freelancers This has been episode 82 of the Freelancer Codex podcast. Hopefully next week we'll have a live stream that we can talk a lot about. It's going to be on Tuesday, so we're going to have more time to digest that. So I'm excited to see that. Um, So until next time, I think there's a cataclysm on the horizon sometime next month. But maybe Maybe. there is. I don't know. We don't know yet. But until next time, we'll see you on the other side. All signs point to maybe. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Freelancer Codex, on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. 
our show will always be free. But if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at mlamson25, at neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time to get to work.